Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. 
Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of of course, friends who use our Cracked Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today are a couple of returning champions here on our Crack Racket shows. And of course, if you followed the 2022 college tennis season, one of the biggest stories across divisions, across levels, has been the rise of Oklahoma women's tennis. Of course, Oklahoma, the number two seed in the NCAA tournament, a 4-3 victory over Arizona State to advance to the round of 16. Joining me on the podcast now to help break it all down as they have throughout the year are the coaching staff of the Oklahoma women's tennis team. We'll start with the head coach, of course, a returning champion here on our show. Welcome back, Coach Audra Cohen. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We missed you, Alex. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been what, a full week? Like two weeks? Whatever. Week, yeah, yeah, since we've spoken. And so always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you and also joining us here on the podcast today. A man who, if you go listen to my conversation with Coach Holquist, you will hear a man talk a lot of smack about earlier this week on the podcast. Of course, you all know him best as the assistant coach of the Oklahoma women's tennis team. Welcome on to the show, Jose Gracia. Jose, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's spicy out here, so I'm glad uh, to be on this. Yeah, no, it's Oklahoma weather, it feels like now. And this is the point of the season where, again, all those conditioning sessions begin to pay dividends. And certainly let's start with last weekend's action. And I'll go to you first here, Coach Cohen. You all drop the doubles point and yet four straight set victories for you all to capture that 4-3 win. Now, no two 4-3 wins are the same. I am curious, what was the stress level for you during that match? And ultimately, to what do you credit your team getting over the finish line? The big story is that we play Arizona State. We're the number two seed, Arizona State number 17, and we have them in our regional. And they're flying here, so it's not even uh, mileage. So I think from that point, it's like what a tough draw for us to have gotten. And Arizona State came in with a lot of momentum, and we were able to silence it as we kept working through that match. But 
you know, credit to this team and how much heart and passion they play with, because that's not an easy draw to get. And when we saw it, it was like, geez, what are, what are we going to do? We just got to fight and battle. And they did it. So uh, now hosting Stanford, we, we've got to do the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, and I promise, Jose, I'm I, I, We'll get to you, but I, I do want to follow up there, Coach Cohen, because the word draw integrity has been thrown around in my parts uh, a lot lately. It feels like it's a myth, draw integrity, that the real point of the selection committee is to try and make this NCAA tournament go as cheaply or cost effectively is probably the better word as possible. Um, now, again, what people don't know is that in, in tennis, teams and schools pay for the travel for their first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. So while I certainly can understand the sentiment, yeah, to go 17 Arizona State and obviously a Stanford team that brings in Michaela Gordon, we agree draw integrity is a myth, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If anything, uh, aren't we the proof of it, right? Yeah. So uh, we're enduring a lack of draw integrity and, and that's okay. That's part of what, you know, the there's somebody in the draw was going to get a bad draw. And, uh, and if we, we get that position, then we just have to be taking on that underdog mentality and going after every, every match we play. No, absolutely. I mean, as you, I'm sure well, where my Wolverines being sent to Texas, did that hurt my feelings? Yes, absolutely. I'm like, what more can I do for college tennis to not have that happen? And no, just no consideration to that whatsoever. But, you know, earlier you referenced the four, three matches, and I believe you guys are four and overall on the year in four, three matches. And, you know, I've played a bunch of close four, two matches, four, one matches that are far closer than the scoreboard would indicate. This question's for you, Jose, to what do you credit your team? ability to, again, only two losses on the year, find, uh, find the ability to scrap themselves out of these deficits. I'm going to give the, the glory on to Audra. She's the, the leader of the team. So, I mean, she she mans down the, the team and gets us to, to have all the success. She, she We're all tough on the girls. So, I mean, it starts from the top. So I'll give it back to her on that one because it starts from her. Yeah. Coach, any anything you'd add? I think uh, competitiveness in practice, uh, Coach Cobra actually has helped us quite a bit with that as well as Jose. We get a lot of Cobra versus Jose battles of four on four competition. So uh, I'm usually Switzerland in those situations. So I, I don't know if I could take all the credit there, but uh, Cobra has actually gotten us to all compete extremely hard in practices. And, uh, and it's always a great battle when you have Jose and Cobra going after it, and then the team buys into it as well. So we created and practice, and I think that helps us in those four, three battles. Yeah. And when you guys are coaching collectively, again, this group, obviously you, you bring in players who all have talent, talents and skill sets. And, you know, again, how much coaching of Lane Sleeth do you really need to do on a match-by-match, point-by-point basis? I'm curious, when you guys are focusing in practice, you talk about the intensity, what is stressed more? Skills, I mean, it's a balance, I'm sure, but skill set development or playing with and sustaining that energy? Because sometimes I feel like that actually is the more important thing. Right, yeah. It's, uh, we have usually a one or two days a week of pure competition, and we, we talk a lot about energy and maintaining the the level of passion and commitment throughout the entire practice so we'll extend those practices a little bit longer go for about three hours on those days and then uh and on some days we just do more tactical and technical stuff and uh so we try to mix it up in practice but it's definitely not easy to do both at the same time so you have to have one day a week your pure competition just getting after it going against each other and uh and 
bringing the energy really high the whole time. And then uh, some tactical things where you're working on short balls, finishing points, things like that. So uh, the thing we talk a lot about is being able to combine the tactical things we are working on in a highly competitive environment. And that's where I think we we've evolved quite a bit as the season has gone on is that we're able to translate some of the things we're working on technically and tactically and put them into a highly competitive environment. See, I was told it's called Sooner Shout Thursdays, where it's just as loud as possible for the entire two, three hours. And just if you're not shouting, you're running. And so, yeah, that's uh, I mean, that would be my speed. How different is it from when you, I, I, I do feel over even the past five years, 10 years, and again, both of you are not that far removed from your own playing days. I do feel like that component of the game has shifted to the next level over these past three years. Like, and again, Jose, that question for you here, is that a fair assessment? Like, I feel as though when you both were playing, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) And for those wondering the blood, the uh, speakerphone put in front of Jose there, you don't get to see. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Yeah. But, but do you like it? I mean, is that fair, Jose, that, that, I feel like that component has been taken to the next level. It's it's been taken to the next level and it's the most fun part of college tennis. I mean, that's why we, we coach college tennis. It's the most fun part about it. And it it can sway a match too. I mean, you have so much drive and so much heart for your school. And I mean, I have so much heart for Oklahoma and you saw me at indoor screaming my butt off. Uh, And I'm not even uh, putting a single point up. So the difference is your shout is in such a baritone that it's actually just still like a calm, you know, collected (laughs) more, more of a, just, you know, positive inflection than anything else but no I mean obviously looking at the team I think that's one stage and we've talked before about the parody uh that we see in college tennis and again what's today May 12th uh, on the calendar I still have no freaking clue who's going to end up as our NCAA champion coach Cohen is that a good thing or a bad thing for the sport because sometimes Uh, I do feel like favorites are good things no, no, that's it's a great thing. I think uh, parity is what makes it interesting. Anybody can win. You have to get four points on the board. And a lot of teams, as the season goes on, you know, you might have more security in some spots and less in some spots. And uh, maintaining that energy and, uh, and drive in every position on your roster is important. And keeping the overall morale excited and, and ready to go to a, a tournament here is like, that's the the best part of college tennis is the the culture part and getting your team really pumped. So uh, the parody is awesome. It's great. Every match is exciting. Um, I mean, we're playing four three matches in our second round here, and it's uh, a seventeen team in the country, and and easily could have had a chance to do very well as well if they hadn't played us. So uh, you know, I think credit to college tennis as a whole, but also. Credit to uh, a lot of these power five, especially the recruiting and the level of, of athletes that are coming through. I mean, even the, the tennis at, at number six in the, in the lineup is extremely high level. We don't see as much like just pushing balls back and forth. You're, they're hitting the ball. They're being aggressive. I mean, it's an incredible level and I'm excited to be a part of it. I was joking around with Coach Lilly over at Auburn before. I said, you know, you guys are really Oklahoma point nine this year. Like if Oklahoma didn't exist, we would be talking about your rise and your ascendancy because I think they co- sort of epitomize everything you're talking about there. It's just one through six, so competitive. And, you know, again, they're going to be in every match. With that in mind, you talk about the culture and the importance of that. I'll go to you here first, Jose. The loss against Texas in the Big 12 championship final. Blessing in disguise for the Sooners? Like, again, how does the team recover, refocus after that result? 
you get more hungry. We, yeah. we were hungry from the moment right, right away when we like when we lost to UNC at National Indoors. We were very hungry. So we're we're back at it, and we're hungry for for a national championship. So um, we're just hungry. No, I can understand that. Same question to you, Coach. I'm sure you may have felt that loss more than anyone else. And, you know, again, it's really, really freaking hard to beat a team three times in one season. That was obviously your third match of the year against Texas. But, you know, how have you seen how the girls have responded to that result? Yeah, I think exactly as Jose said, hungry. And one thing we've been doing all season is every practice, uh, we actually bring out our second place national indoor trophy to every practice. Sasha Sasha Pizareva is in charge of it. So she brings it out every practice and uh, we put it up on the umpire's chair just as a little reminder of like, this is, this is what second place felt like, and we don't want second place. And so I wish we had a second place trophy for a big 12 conference tournament, but, uh, but we don't. So, um, but I, I do think that's something we reflect on a lot is we haven't had very many losses this year. And so we have to really, really learn from those losses and, and have them inspire our future action. So we've done a great job of, of getting the, the team to buy into the things we need to do to get better and, uh, and staying focused on those. I know I'm not supposed to be biased. This is why we get along so well. That's yeah. just, inc- that's incredible. Like That's exactly the anecdote uh, I was looking for. And I mean, again, as you look at the season 29 and two overall, is there a win you can point to throughout the course of the year? It may have even been as far back as Duke or whatever, where you could tell this team bought in and started believing, hey, we are capable of doing all these special things. Yeah, I, I wish I could pinpoint it to one moment, but it's actually, we've had so many uh, incredible moments that have just, at some point you're like, okay, it's not luck. It's this, this program is at another level. And I think we've gotten to that point as the season has, has continued, but I would say Duke was a really big win for us. Um, And then in addition to that, when we got to national indoors and to beat Texas uh, was kind of the first change there. We had lost to them four, three in January. the the year before. So uh, we were kind of knocking on the door there. So for us to have have turned that into a win and then taking that to Pepperdine and then uh, actually having having a lot of things go our way at the UNC match and and leaving there a little bit disappointed that we didn't uh, continue our level and we lost a little bit of belief. So I think that national indoors was definitely the the marking moment for the for the program but i would say beyond that is is then transitioning to the outdoor season and being able to beat baylor and texas at home uh to clinch the regular season and then beat oklahoma state at their place which is not easy to play like uh having having the success indoor and then being able to repeat that success outside when we were able to repeat it outside that's when i think all of us knew okay we're at the next level now. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, and you're not allowed to say the next one. I'm just preempting that answer now. We're banning it. You could replay any match or, you know, anything from the season. I'll start with you, Jose. What match are you replaying? Replaying. I wouldn't replay anything because that's that's the moment where we get hungry. So as long as we finish on top, that's that's my goal. That's a good answer. I like that. Coach Cohen, same. I'm not as noble as Jose, so I'm going to say if we could repeat a match, uh, I I would pick two. (laughs) I'd love to repeat UNC, and I'd love to repeat Texas at at, uh, when we played them at TCU at the Big 12 championship match there. So uh, if we could have that match back, I'd love to have it back. But uh, but also, 
I, I mean, that taste in your mouth of disappointment for that little moment is really what inspires the rest. So I'll go with Jose on the next one there. <laughs> I like that. That's a good answer. All right. Again, some fun ones here before I let you go. Um, you look at your team. There's been a lot of success, a lot of gaudy numbers, and that's going to come when you guys are 29 and two. Who's the most improved player since the start of the season? Jeez. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's a hard question. Like a really hard question. I would say, um, is it coach Cobra? Yeah, probably. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the ping pong sit down game. Yeah. I'm going to be in the doghouse for a month after that comment, but, uh, <laughs> um, I would say, it, yeah, it, it wavers. It's so interesting. Like I think Lane being at the top of the lineup and just the amount of team leadership she's she's been able to instill in, uh, in her way has been huge. And then you have uh, Staker, who's just a freshman and uh, she's improved so much and just confidence overall. And then um, you've got Ivana and Carmen and their, their improvement and their impact. And you got our unsung hero and Sasha Pisareva. And I mean, we have so many pieces of this puzzle here that are incredible people, just incredible uh, young women that are learning how to buy into a team and build each other up rather than break each other down. And uh, so I think overall, like it's, it's up to the week. It's like, we have a most improved every week. Uh, And then one, one struggles one week and then the next picks it up the next week. It's like, uh, I think that's the beauty of our team is that we don't rely on any one person. Mm-hmm. No, I, I imagine if I ask you team MVP, it will be a very similar answer as well there. I will editorialize. I'd go with Pisareva. Like, again, how real her success has been from the start of the season because you knew the freshmen were talented, and we've seen the Corley sisters yeah. have all of this success. But it just – it does feel like, again, she's just so comfortable right now in, in her own skin and just playing her game. Yeah, for sure, and I, I think – you know, I, I say this to Sasha all the time. If anybody's earned it, it's Sasha. She played at Utah State, was number one player there, went on to Appalachian State and played number one there and had great success. Uh, I think got to deepen their regional in the fall and uh, really was one of the top players in in that tough region. And so uh, I think for, for Pisa Reva to come here and be uh, just a solid addition, she's the most consistent day-to-day person uh, and very, the, one of the nicest human beings you'll ever be around. She never really needs much like she's just I, I, I'll say this again she's like kind of our unsung hero at the bottom half of our lineup there and just a stable person so um, but she's earned it and and her story is also interesting you know she's a U.S. citizen but uh, she's from Ukraine. She's never really lived in the United States. So her family has has had to flee Ukraine. I mean, for her to be able to experience a lot of this success with a lot of the stuff that's going on at home is is pretty tricky. And uh, and, you know, kudos to her with how well she's managed everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Last two questions for you, because I know you both have to go to practice. I've buried it towards the end. Uh, obviously, the big news for all of us college tennis fans is that there will be no Chanta as the freshman going off to play the Southeast Asian Games. Now, again, I want to let's just work it out here. Let's unpack it all. You knew this was coming, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, part of part of recruiting Shanta was uh, that she she really wanted to play the Southeast American uh, Asian Games, excuse me, the Sea Games. Uh, I think that 
we we tried to talk her into staying for a little bit, but then, you know, I, her, her childhood dream is to play the SEA Games. Her coach has been really helpful to, to help her get to Oklahoma, her childhood coach. So um, it's a really big deal for her, for her family, for her country. And, uh, and we at Oklahoma, we don't break our promises. So that was a big part of the process is like she, it, she we knew she was going to play SEA Games. We didn't know when SEA Games would be exactly what dates they were because of the the rescheduling from the uh from the november games is when they usually are so uh it's a the team handled it beautifully uh she we communicated it really well so i think it's actually brought everybody together even closer and we respect that look she she's going to compete for a championship we're going to compete for a championship and we're all going to be uh together after so uh, i think that she handled it well and and we hope she goes out there and wins it with Thailand and we win it with the Sooners and then we all celebrate together. Yeah, that that would be a fun celebration. Just invite me to the Zoom for that one. Like, <laughs> come on, yeah, let me in because I promise I'll have some fun there. Yeah. Um, all right, last question for you both. Obviously, it's year two of the Super Regional, a.k.a. the top eight seeds hosting this round of 16 match. I'll start with you, Jose. Super Regional or Super Sweet 16 site? Which do you prefer? I like the Super Regional because it's another home match for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, love, we love a big crowd here. So we love a big rowdy crowd here. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. But that's my personal opinion. But we love the Oklahoma crowd having another another home match for the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Coach Cohen, you've played probably the 9 a.m. round of 16, maybe even the 9 p.m. Yeah. round of 16 in normal circumstances as well. Right. Obviously, you're hosting this year. Still, Super Regional more broadly, are you a fan? Absolutely. I think uh, we need to have a lot more fans at matches. And this is a great way to bring the environment of college tennis and and to really create it. At the round of 16 matches at NCAAs, there's usually few people there. Uh, It doesn't get packed until the later round. So I I think this is a this is great for college tennis. Obviously, we're in the top eight in the country, so we will host this round. And so you might have different opinions from those from the eight to 16 uh, range. So, uh, but I think overall, like this is great for college tennis. The hardest thing in it is really the travel and the quick like turnaround on the travel. So, uh, but uh, we're, we're college coaches at a very high level here. Like if you can't figure that out, then you probably don't belong there. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of my opinion. I mean, you got to figure it out quick and get your team going and uh, get your class excuse forms out there because this is a great, a great moment for college tennis. So let's create it. I agree. Do we need an Omaha? Like, should it be Oklahoma every, or excuse me, Orlando every year or Athens every year? Do we need that coach Cohen? Absolutely. I think that's the, absolute most important thing for our sport moving forward. And I, I hope that as coaches, we come together to create that because that creates a team goal every year of elite eight and beyond goes to Omaha or goes to Oklahoma. And uh, I, I vote for Oklahoma. I don't know about you guys, but uh, <laughs> no Midland, Michigan, 40 indoors, 24 outdoors. And it's in my backyard. Not, I mean, not really, great. but yeah, yeah, come on, come on up. We'd love That'd to have. Yeah. So we're in favor of that. Well, one last anecdote before I let you go, obviously the Michigan, Michigan took on the Oklahoma men last weekend in Ann Arbor. I show up at the match to a T, the entire Michigan team goes, what's that on your head? And I go, what? I got to rep both of my squads here. I was like, you think I'm not going to be repping Max Kohler in my Oklahoma Sooners hat? Like, you know, I got to show the dual loyalty. So, I mean, to a T, 
everyone yeah. enjoys the Oklahoma gear, and I'm immensely grateful for it and immensely grateful that you both have tolerated all of my nonsense all year long. So, again, Jose, Coach Cohen, uh, thank you so much. I had to go more formal with Coach Cohen. Sorry, Jose. But yeah, Coach Gracia, Coach Cohen, uh, thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Obviously, wishing the Sooners luck and health uh, throughout the remainder of this season. And I believe it's Boomer, correct? That's how I'm supposed to Boomer. sign off. Sooner. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Awesome. Well, also, thank you both. Also, shalom. We yeah. <laughs> of course, yes. As, as we go. I was going to say, if Pesach fell on NCAA times, you'd have a cranky Alex in Champagne. Yeah, but yeah, thankfully, yeah. True. Thankfully, it does not. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you both in Champagne. So obviously, good luck to you both this weekend. And hopefully, we'll chat more soon. Thanks Thank so much, you. Alex. See ya. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene. For all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. 